It's another one. I got that juice, juice. New AP. She got that juice, juice, juice. She got that squeeze, squeeze. She got that wet, wet. I'm on them skis. I got that drip, drip. I'm overseas. fans of the juice there's three things you don't play with you don't play with fire you don't play with JJ Piter and you don't play with me as a better thank you we just hit the juice hypothetical pick four parlay this weekend yes the football team beat the Raiders yes All right. the Chargers beat the Bengals and yes the Cowboys not only beat the Saints. Actually, funny story about that. So I didn't lock. I didn't. I didn't hypothetically lock my bed in. I didn't. I didn't know that Alvin Kamara was going to be out. Then I find out he's going to be out, and I didn't lock. I didn't. Not saying I locked or didn't lock my bed in, but I didn't lock it. I didn't. I'm not. I'm just hypothetically I didn't lock it in, and the spread went up to seven, and my payout went down. So I was like, "Fuck it, let's just bet the spread." We bet the spread. And the Cowboys win by 10, and the spread was 7. Thank you very much. And not only that, the Patriots beat the Bills. No big deal. We can throw it three times. It doesn't matter because, you know, Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time, if you hadn't heard. And I also said don't play with J.J. Piter because I just get back from the Nina North game. Big win for the Rockets. J.J. Piter had 17 points and 20 boards. Those A North, those A North fans are telling him to shave his stat. The stash stays, and also don't play with fire, kids. That's it's it's, it's unsafe. But I mean, what a win! What a weekend! No Packer game, and I made two hundred twenty bucks. I'd say I'd say I'd, I'd say I did all right. So I got a new parlay for you guys this weekend, and I'm and again, I'm not a gambler. I think gambling is the worst addiction in America. Yes, over drugs. It's terrible. I would never do it. And I would never do drugs either. But, I like to, you know, if, if people are going to gamble, I'd prefer them to win over, I would prefer them to win money over lose money. So, what do I do here? I have to do another parlay in this one with four underdog bets. Four Plus two hundred twenty six two 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 six zero odds ten to t- ten to win two hundred twenty six dollars, and I'm gonna let you know right now. I'm gonna let you know right now. Actually, not right now because I gotta take a break because I have to shit really really bad. So stay right there, and I'll be right back. Okay, that felt good. Now let's get to the meat and potatoes of the juice hypothetical pick four parlay. This one I am so excited about. It's very bold. It has literally four underdog picks, but like, uh, I just gotta do it. I gotta see if my I gotta see if my luck can stay alive. So here we go. I've never won anything more than I've never won more than two hundred dollars uh, on a bet. Not saying I've never won at all, but it was it was it was a great it was a great weekend. So it was. I'm gonna see if I'm gonna see if my luck can stay alive, and I'm gonna start with uh, Chiefs Raiders. I'm gonna take the Chiefs spread, actually, not money line. And here's why: it just it just always seems like, in, at least in the Pat in the Patrick Mahomes era, that the Chiefs just always seem to have their way with the Raiders offensively. And yes, the Chiefs' offense is playing like shit right now, 
and you know no, nobody knows when they're going to get back to form because if they do, they're easily a super, they're easily like a Super Bowl team in my eyes, just because of how well their defense is playing. But they're not. The offense is playing atrocious right now. Patrick Holmes doesn't even look right. But I'm going to take the Chiefs minus ten. If you couple how well their defense is playing and honestly how poor the Raiders played last week against the football team, the Raiders just don't look right at all. And honestly, I'm not saying they ever have. Outside of the first half of the season, they've looked terrible and they're not a playoff team. But Patrick Holmes is going to have his way with the Raiders Raiders offense just like he did four weeks ago. He threw 400 yards and five touchdowns. This time, this time it's an arrowhead. There's really no way the Raiders win this game. Now, 10 points is a lot of points. But I don't see a way the Chiefs don't win this by two scores. They can win this by 13 or 14. I don't. I don't see a way they don't. The the offense is the defense is playing still playing tremendous football. They've been able to stop. They've been able to most mostly get real mostly just get a lot of turnovers. And with Darren Waller out, Derek Carr loses again loses his security blanket. He's probably going to be out. I'd assume. But if he isn't, call me wrong. But yeah, if Derek Carr doesn't have a security blanket, Darren Waller, I, he's going to be forced into turnover-worthy plays, and the Raiders' offensive line is garbage. So, I think that front seven gets to Derek Carr, and the Chiefs' offense just has their way with the Raiders, and they win by 14. I like like a 31-17 ball game, something like that. All right, next big NFC East matchup. This game could essentially almost this game has major deterrence on who wins the NFC East. And it's the football team versus the Cowboys. I like the football team to win. They are currently two and a half point underdogs at home in Washington. That's baffling to me. That means that essentially, if the Cowboys were if the Cowboys were at home, they'd have them favored by like six. I think the teams are a lot closer than that. And that's because what the Raiders were able to do to Derek Carr, who still, mind you, can can turn the ball over has still been having a great season, and it was an MVP candidate for the first half of the season. Like, holding him to 15 points, applaud, applause to them. And not only that, Taylor Heineke is just a, just a playmaker. And I think he, I think just like how Jalen Hurts did earlier in the season, he gives the Cowboys fits. And on top of that, Taylor Heineke really doesn't make that, it doesn't make that many mistakes. When you see, a, when you see like a young playmaker like him, a guy who's just like, you think is just, you know, kind of a blunt instrument. Can you really never know what you're going to get from him every single week? I really don't think he's. I, I think he's pretty efficient for being such a you know a playmaker and a loose cannon. So I like how he's been playing, but I also think they maybe take the ball away from him. The Cowboys' defense is great at forcing turnovers, and I think they keep giving it to Antonio Gibson, who's been playing amazing the past month when, since he's got his own backfield with J.D. McKissick out. So yeah, I, I really like the football team, and the re, and all, another reason I like him. It always feels like the Cowboys in the Dak Prescott era just have late losses to in division. The Cowboys just, I feel like, are not that great in division. They always had their struggles with the Eagles when they had Carson Wentz. They lost to the Giants earlier in Dak's career. Even when they went 13-3, they lost to the Giants twice. I just think that I just think that this is a game that this is a game that the Cowboys could easily lose going into Washington. I think that the, I, I like the I like the football team here. So that's one. This one is my. I'd say I'm I'm very this is my this is the least confident out of all my bets. Uh, it's the Bills. I like the Bills to beat the Buccaneers. I really don't know why, because the Buccaneers are playing so well, and the Bills have yet to beat a good team this year. 
They really haven't. I mean, they got killed by the Colts. I guess I could say the Chiefs, but the Chiefs were playing terrible then. I guess I could say that's the only good team they they fought. They lost to the Jags. There's just it's been such a roller coaster, and I feel like they go as Josh Allen goes. If Josh Allen plays well, the Bills are probably going to win by 20. If he plays bad, they're going to lose. They he, mind you, in gusting wins. He played really. He did not play well against the Patriots. They lost. Don't play well against the Jags. They lost. Did not. Did not play well against uh, the Colts. They lost. They just go as he goes. He's a roller coaster quarterback. They're a roller coaster team. Tre'Davious White being out for this matchup really, really sucks because somebody's got to take away. Somebody's got to take away Chris Godwin and uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Gronk. Can't forget about him. Like I think he's the most dangerous. He's he might be the most dangerous weapon, especially when it comes to the red zone, out of all of them. Just because he Tom Brady just loves to get him targets because he knows how reliable he is. Mike Evans has had problems with drops this year. It's kind of hard to go to him all the time, and he also doesn't have Antonio Brown another security blanket. These security blankets are really important for quarterbacks that aren't mobile. I'm just saying. But I like the Bills here. I really think that I really think that the front seven can get Tom Brady off his spot. There's been teams in in the past and teams that hell even this year, the way you beat Tom Brady is you send you send blitzes and you just have to cover for two seconds and he's done. That's what the Saints did. That's what the football team did. You gotta you gotta send people at Tom. If he stays in this pocket for three seconds, he's gonna kill you. It's just what he's gonna do. He's the He's Tom Brady. It's just it, it's what you got to do, and I really think the Bills can can create that pressure and take some pressure off their corners, who are not very good right now without Tre'Davious White. So yeah, expect a good game from Josh Allen. I really hope Tom Brady can get can get sacked three plus times, because if so, I think the Bills win this game running away. It is in Tampa, which I'm really scared about. Lastly. You may call me crazy crazy for betting Packers minus 13.5 against the Bears because the Bears just got embarrassed and they'd love nothing more than to beat the Packers and spoil their chances of getting the one seed. And the Bears would obviously love to beat the Packers in Lambeau after Aaron Rodgers had just, called them, had just said he owned them and was living rent-free in their heads not too long ago. And the Packers are off a bye, and they've never won off a bye in the Lafleur era. But they're going to win this game by 14 points. Listen, those two games that they lost off a bye, long travel games. The Packers just don't the, the Packers just don't play well in Florida. I mean, they played terrible in Jacksonville, and off the bye last year against Tampa, they played terrible. And when you tra- and when you and in the first year with Matt Lafleur, when they went to San Diego, I think they were still San Diego. No, they when they went to Los Angeles a day early, a day early to party. That's also going to have effects on your losses. So, yes, the Packers got embarrassed by the Chargers off a of bye the first year, and they got embarrassed by the Buccaneers off a of bye the next year. This year, it doesn't happen that way because this is an in division game at Lambeau on Sunday Night Football. The ramifications are so much different. And if the Vikings can lose, uh, if the Vikings can lose on Thursday. And the Packers can clinch the division right now against the Bears, against the oldest, against their bitter rivals. I think that the I think that the motivation is super high, and Aaron Rodgers always kills the Bears. It's just that's why I think that this could be a 31-14 ball game, 17-point spread. I win. So yeah, give me the Packers there. 
Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. I don't really care who's starting because I feel like either of them are going to give you two give you two turnovers, and the Packers play and the Packers capitalize off turnovers very well. They love that they love that field position that they get from that. So yeah, here's the outlook of the parlay: Chiefs minus ten, football team money line, Buffalo Bills money line, Packers spread over the Bears. We're gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna talk about. I'm going to talk about who I think is going to come out of the AFC, Chiefs or Patriots, and why I think the Patriots are a matchup problem for the Chiefs. Coming up next. So we're back. Uh, I think I think when I look at the AFC, I feel like it's really easy to just say Chiefs-Patriots. I think that the Titans are really running. I feel like the Titans are really running on fumes right now with, with Derrick Henry out, and I don't know when he'll be back. I just don't, they're just not even close to the same team. Uh, I mean, Ravens, they're just so inconsistent, I really can't even tell what team I'm going to get, because it really just depends on how well Lamar plays, and Lamar's as inconsistent as, it, as they come. Uh, and then I got the Chiefs and the Patriots. I think that I think that's easily going to be the AFC Championship matchup event, if it, and honestly, barring any crazy changes the next month or so. But here's why I think the Patriots have the edge over the over the Chiefs. First off, the Patriots I think I think they get home field advantage. It's really tough for it's really tough for me to say, but I like the Chiefs remaining schedule. I like the Patriots remaining schedule over the Chiefs. The Chiefs still got the Chargers on the road, Steelers, which will still be a tough game whether you like it or not. Bengals on the road. And I like the Patriots. Now, they got the Bills left to play, but it'll that game will be in Gillette, which I which I really like, and I'd love to see the Patriots in Gillette for the for the playoffs. They got the Jaguars, they got the Dolphins, and they got the Colts. And I really think the Colts are a good matchup for the Patriots as well, considering if you stop J- Jonathan Taylor, you you got to force Carson Wentz to make some big throws, and I don't know if he can do it. So. Do I think the Patriots get the home field advantage? Yes, I do think they. I do think they do. So let's say that the it's going to be Patriots, Chiefs, and Gillette. Well, you got to look at it from all angles. Will the Chiefs' offense be ready by that time? We don't know. Patrick Holmes has not looked right at all this season, outside of a few games. And I really don't know what the Chiefs have in in basically in any sort of run game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire basically brings you nothing in the run game. Darrell Williams and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire are pass catchers. So this this offense is solely based on the pass. And if they play against a good secondary, which the Patriots have, I think it causes issues. And also, you saw what the Buccaneers did to the, did to, did to the Chiefs offensive line. It's not like the Chiefs offensive line is that good this year either. They, they, they Last year, um in the Super Bowl last year, they didn't have Luke Fisher, and they didn't have Mitchell Schwartz. Guess who they don't have this year? Luke Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. Somehow Mitchell Schwartz doesn't have a job. I really don't know how. They got Joe, Joe Tooney, whatever. Who's, 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 um, who's guarding Matt Judon? I'm not sure. So when you couple, when you couple the, the Patriots' amazing front seven with how they're able to force turnovers because their secondary is so good, I like, I like the Chiefs. I, I don't think the Chiefs even get close to what their offensive what offense was at any point last year cuz the Patriots defense is just like it's just 
they're so opportunistic with their turnovers. They just force turnovers at the right times, and they get sacks. They rush the quarterback, and they force him into bad throws. And that's the type of quarterback. And while Patrick Holmes is so talented, he's the type of quarterback that the Patriots love to play. A guy that a guy that need, that loves to get out of the pocket and extend plays that they that they can you know rush try to keep him in and once he gets out there's going to be some there's going to be someone coming after him and he's going to be forced into a bad throw and, and while their secondary still covering guys while he's extending plays so i i think i think that when it comes to that matchup and then when you come to the Patriots offense against the Chiefs defense the Chiefs defense has been playing amazing but they've been playing some they've been playing some really bad offenses lately let's be honest with ourselves i mean they got they beat the hell they beat they they beat the hell out of Teddy Bridgewater i'll give them that uh Teddy Bridgewater's the Broncos just well, they need to draft a quarterback this year Teddy Bridgewater's not the answer Drew Locke's not the answer that was an easy matchup and then they beat the Cowboys when Dak was essentially missing all of his receivers. CD got hurt in the game, Amari was out, and basically Zeke Zeke was Zeke's just been a broken down shell of himself. Like like I can't really give I can't really give uh the Chiefs defense a good look on that. And they forced Dak into a lot of turnovers, which he can do without a lot of weapons. That's just what quarterbacks do. He beat Jordan Love, not impressive. I can't even like can't even stomach that. He they almost lost to Daniel Jones. That's another, that's another quarterback that's turnover prone. And then that 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 was really the skid that they went into. I'm, I'm kind of just looking at the skid. And then they lost, Then they got beat the hell out of by the Titans. By Ryan Tannehill, an efficient, op, an efficient quarterback who doesn't make big mistakes. It's hard for me to say if Mac Jones is just like this secret weapon that the Chiefs defense won't be able to stop, because he really is not that. Ta- he doesn't have that type of talent yet. But when you look at Mac Jones, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to want to bring pressure on him. That's the one way you can probably stop Mac Jones. You got you got to get him off his spot and try to make a move, make him move. He's kind of like Tom Brady in the sense he's a little more athletic than Tom Brady, but it's not like he's crazy athletic. But I feel like it just hasn't happened this year. Out of all the fronts that couldn't stop him, Miles Garrett was basically silent against against Mac Jones, against the Patriots offensive line and Mac Jones. Mac Jones has had a clean pocket, has essentially had a clean pocket this whole year. And I'm not knocking Mac Jones at all. I love him. But when you have that clean of a pocket and you have a lot of time, he's, he's got enough time to really use his decision-making and make and not make a big mistake. Because he's always had a great football IQ. He's always been really smart with his throws. And when you give him a clean pocket, he's going to tear you up. And I don't know how the Chiefs. I don't know. I don't know how the Chiefs front um, front really gives Mac Jones that many fits. Chris Jones has really been the only guy that's been shown to make put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Frank Clark hasn't done much, and their linebackers really haven't done much. What the Chiefs' offense really has been able to do in this week, in this in this stretch of runs, is just beat up on turnover-prone quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater, Dak Prescott without receivers, Jordan Love. It, it it's I'm not saying the Chiefs defense is I'm not saying the Chiefs defense doesn't deserve credit, but I think Mac Jones is a great I think Mac Jones and the Patriots offensive line is a bad matchup for them, and on top of that, this is Bill Belichick we're talking about. If there's anybody that can find a way to beat the Chiefs, 
and Patrick Mahomes, it's him. Because he's already done it in the playoffs once. And you want to know how they did it? They kept him off the field. Let's say the Chiefs offense does figure things out. Let's say the Chiefs offense does go back to what they were. The Patriots always dominate time of possession. And it's not going to change against the Chiefs. They're going to consistently run the ball, like they always do, turn that into play action, get get underneath get underneath routes. Mac Jones is going to find the wide open guy every single time, and they're going to essentially dink and dunk their way down the field against the Chiefs. You want to know why they do that? It's not because Mac Jones is just captain checkdown. It's because they got to keep 15 off the field. they got to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. And that's what they did in the 2018 AFC Championship game, and that's how they won. Patrick Mahomes was the hottest quarterback in football at the time. And Belichick just found a way to win that game with a with a team that really wasn't that crazy in terms of talent. It had Brady on the, on the tail end of his career with the Patriots, basically wanted to get out of there from square one of that season. Little to no offensive weapons outside of, outside of Gronk, who also was basically just bored of the Patriots and has been revitalized with the, with the Buccaneers. It's kind of weird. And a, just a great defense that was run by Bill Belichick. That's what beats the Chiefs. They, they, run, into great, they run into a great coach with a great game plan, and that's essentially what the, Chief, that, what the Patriots' offense and defense has been all year. Just a, a very, very sound game plan. Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, I don't know how they do it. You you count them out, you really can't count out Bill, Bill Belichick. The people that were saying, you know, he was the reason that Tom Brady wanted to leave all along. He was the, it was like a 20-80% partnership with Brady being 80% on their run with New England. No, this is still the greatest coach of all time. This guy still has won, I think, eight Super Bowl rings, yeah. Two with the Giants as a DC, and then six with the Patriots. You can't doubt Bill Belichick, and I think in a game at Gillette or even at Arrowhead, I really don't care where it's at. I like Mac Jones and the Patriots to beat the Chiefs, and I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I really do. All right, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, I got to go to bed. I will catch you guys tomorrow. I'll make another segment, and. I'll get this podcast uploaded tomorrow on Wednesday, and I'll see you then. Okay, last segment for today. It's now Wednesday. Got some sleep. Thought thought about you know what what my last segment today was going to be. I decided to do a juices top five, and I decided to do juices top five fans. And what I mean by that is, out of all the people that listen to my podcast, and out of all the listeners, and there's about 25 to 30 of them, 30, 20, I'd say 20 to 25 like consistent ones, probably around 20, like consistent listeners. Can I make a top five out of them? It was very hard. I love every all. I love all my listeners. I love all my listeners equally, unless you're bringing up these five. Actually, I'm going to say six. Um. I really, I really don't know if anyone's gonna feel hurt that they're not on the list, but I'm pretty sure. I, to me, the top five is very easy, uh, and especially number one, this guy deserves an immense amount of amount of love. But let's 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 get into it. Okay, so 
I'm gonna throw out some honorable mentions. Uh, Caden Scheibel, he's always been, he's been listening since day one. He actually, in fact, this is this is not confirmed. This is not confirmed. This is not exactly how I remember it, but he he holds to this day that he thought of the name the Juice. That's I can't confirm nor deny that. I do remember us talking about it. But I don't know if it was him that thought of it. I don't know if it was my brother that thought of it. I don't know if it was me that thought of it. But if if anything, it was a tr- it was a third. It was an effort between all three of us. But Caden believes that he made it up. He might be right. He might be wrong. I'm not sure yet. Um, Matt Whitmer, another guy who is always on as a guest. He's actually was one. He's been on. I think he has the most guest appearances out of the Juice. And I've been doing this since eighth grade. He's been on four four or five times. And very proud of him. He's always been, he's always been a big listener. Jackson Brown, he he deserves a lot of praise. He's currently a freshman. He's on our lacrosse team. Great player, but he also is a, a big fan of the podcast. I, he found out that I upload podcasts. And whenever I post on my story, he always says I'm going to give it a listen. He always te- he's always telling me that he loves every single one. I love his I love his support, and uh, it just makes me happy every single time I hear him say like how much he loves the podcast. So thank you, Jackson. All right, let's get into the list. At number five, Carter Borcher. Carter has been there since day one of making this podcast. He's listened to just about all of them. I think I'd have to ask him. But another thing that I like about Carter is he's always been there as a guest when I need him. Uh, when you look back at the gas station stereotypes, he was on for the Aaron Rodgers quiz. He was on for a Bucks quiz that I never actually uploaded because it was just way too long. A lot of fillers in that uh, in that up in that uh, recording. And Carter's Carter's always been there, and he's always been there to critique me. He always tells me if there's ever been an issue with my podcast, like if I'm doing the swallow thing too much, if I'm you know, stuttering, or if I'm, you know, any any sort of thing that I'm struggling with, he always tells me, he always reminds me, and I always work on it for the next podcast. So, Carter, you're at number five. Thank you very, very much. At number four, we got Khaled Sala. So, Khaled moved here. Uh, he was, his first year at Nina was, it was his freshman year. We've grown pretty close as friends, and he's also big listener of the pod. Some things that I wrote down about Khaled is he somehow ties my podcast into, like, good workout noise. Uh, he listens to it while he works out. He says uh, something about me going on anti-vaccine rates about Aaron Rodgers really, you know, pumps him up and, you know, he puts on a little extra weight for him. Interesting, but I like it. If you want to listen to my podcast while you're, while you're working out, that's fine. I don't see a problem with it. Um, he also listens to it from the Anchor website, not even the app, the Anchor website, which means you can literally not leave... You literally cannot leave the website, and if you don't, it'll turn off. So he literally has to keep the website on and, uh, you know, lose battery, and it's just kind of a ghetto way to listen to the podcast. And he does it anyways. You want to know why? Because he's a devoted listener, and I respect that about Kyle. Kyle's at number four. Number three, we got J.J. Piter. Not much to say about J.J., except he's been a day-one listener. He's been there since day one, another guy who, you know, critiques me when, you know, I make mistakes. This, this, this podcast is all about improvement. Everyone knows where I want to be. I want to be on FS1 replacing Con Coward and having my own show. But to get there, you got to start. You got to start small. And right now, I am just doing a podcast, talking to about twenty to twenty-five people per episode. And in doing so, this is just—it's all about improvement. It's all about starting somewhere. And you got to start somewhere. And JJ, he's been there since day one. He's also a great guest. He's been on twice. One for a best friends quiz that he absolutely got smoked by Victor Guerra. That podcast is no longer uh, no longer on the air, and he was on with Eli Schmidt, 
and that was another great episode. So, JJ, you're number three. You've been there since day one. You've been listening since day one, and I appreciate that. Number two. This guy, I have mixed feelings about, but I cannot deny how how the I cannot deny the type of fan that he is. That's Nolan Kubiak. The thing that I love about Nolan is he oh, he gives good critiques uh, on not not just on my like you know me as a podcaster, but he gives good critiques on my interviews. He tells me if I asked a good question, uh, he he critiques sometimes critiques the uh, the interviewee, and he'll play the he'll play sound bites from the interviewee. He'll play sound bites from the interview. And he'll tell me like, "Oh, right there, that that you got to work on that," or "Right there, you got to work on that, got to work on that." Very, 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 um, very picky person. But I like it. You got to be picky when it comes to the stuff like this. I gotta get better every day, and no one always works on that. Uh, he also trusts me as a gambler. Uh, not to say him or I gamble, but you know, he'll occasionally, hypothetically, maybe throw down a bet or two that uh that he likes that I said, and he'll maybe or maybe not win. Or lose $100 on it. I'm not saying he's ever done that. That's totally, totally up in the air. If you want to ask him, go ask him. He'll probably say no. And then he's, he's telling the truth. Uh, another thing about him, he hopes to be a guest one day. I don't really know how that's possible. Considering I don't know a lot about tennis and I don't really want to talk about tennis. Even though he's a great tennis player and I don't want to talk about the Texans. Thing. That is something that I don't think any any show in America outside of Houston has even talked about. So... That's tough. And then it comes to number one. This, when I made this list, this guy was put at number one immediately. I was like, when I make this list, I was like, I I know who number one is. I know who number one is. And that is Eli James Schmidt. When I say Eli has been there since day one, when I say he has been there since day one, he started... From the absolutely horrendous eighth grade podcast I made in my brother's bedroom, he went all the way to he went all the way through that turmoil to where we are today. Eli has listened to every single podcast that I've ever made from start to finish, start to finish. And what I love about him, when he's listening to my podcast, he always. He always listens to it, sends reactions to the clips he likes, and he'll laugh. And I, whenever I see him laugh, it just makes my heart beat out of my chest. Like it, it, it just it makes me so happy knowing there's at least one person that in my in my uh, in my fan in my kingdom that cares so much about this podcast almost as much as I do. And to Eli, I thank you. There's also been one time Eli was literally asked to play Xbox. And by uh, by a certain individual, and Eli said, "Nope, nope, gotta finish the Juice podcast before I can play Xbox. That is the number one priority. I I just I can't believe it. And if I and the, those times where I've taken breaks between the podcast, knowing that it probably disappoints Eli, knowing that he can't listen to my voice once a week talk about sports, I'm I'm getting choked up. Honestly, I'm getting choked up talking about this guy. It it makes me so sad. Like I that like he's what he's he's one of the reasons that." I upload every single week because I don't want to disappoint him. Sounds kind of gay, but, I mean, I'm telling the truth. Eli is my most devoted listener, and to Eli, I thank you so much and appreciate you so much. As a friend and and as a as a listener. I can't wait for him to listen to this. He's going to be so happy. All right. That about does it for today's episode. Kind of short. We only had three segments, but then again, there was no Packer game, so I can't have that segment on where I talk about the game. But we'll be ready for next week when they shellac the Bears on Sunday Night Football. I'll see you next week. Chance, take us out.
Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean, I know I'm pretty cool. My nitty bag, my kitty boots. I got the juice, I got the juice. Channel, Adam's on. Foolies glad I'm on. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on. Rest in peace to 